0: Hello, falava. You're listening to Pacific Waves from RNZ Pacific. also Ngoa, Osusana sweet key. Coming up. Pacific soldiers past and present are honoured in this year's ANZAC Day. Also,
1: we're hoping to get the results of these specimens within the next 72 hours and then we'll be able to provide a full breakdown.
0: American Samoa could be looking at 31 measles cases. The country remains on alert, awaiting for official test results. And later on.
1: So
2: the situation is, is escalating. The tension, the violence are escalating.
0: Kuroi Hawkins gets the latest on the conflicts in Papua. Anzac Day Dawn services were held in several countries across the Pacific region, commemorating its soldiers who served in World Wars I and Two. Lydia Lewis reports.
3: As dawn broke across the Pacific, heroes were remembered.
4: You have set a glowing example for the youth who rise in your shadow in their bravery and servitude.
3: Freedom fighters commemorated from island to island, standing as one nation to nation. In Samoa, Prime Minister Fiame Naomi Mata'afa attended a memorial ceremony in Apia. She paid tribute to ANZAC and Samoan soldiers killed in the two world wars and commended officers from Samoa's police service currently deployed in peacekeeping missions overseas.
4: No doubt the ANZAC spirit lives on in the work of those servicemen and women currently involved in operations overseas including the United Nations peacekeepers and humanitarian missions. Let us also take this time to reflect on the families and communities
1: who have loved ones currently deployed.
3: Deputy Prime Minister Tuala Ponifasio honoured the sacrifice of the Anzacs and Samoan soldiers and also took time to acknowledge independence fighters who died during and between the two world wars.
4: Our own Samoan people who lost their lives during these colonial times and were subjected to unfair treatment. Their names are not written on this memorial, but are written in history and in our hearts. Our forefathers who fought for Samoa's independence and believed Samoa could govern its people, we acknowledge you and we thank you for giving us 60
0: years of independence.
3: American Samoa US Army representatives were also present. In Papua New Guinea, World War II veterans gathered at the largest war cemetery in the Pacific, Bormana War Cemetery in Port Moresby. 3,779 service people were buried there. Australia's Minister for International Development and the Pacific, Pat Conroy, paid tribute to Papuans killed in World
1: War II. We will never forget the Papuans and New Guineans who fought alongside and supported the Australian soldiers in the most challenging of times. Forty graves here are of soldiers from the Papuan Infantry Battalion who fought bravely alongside the Australians.
3: The Empire of Japan invaded Papua New Guinea in 1942, capturing more than half of the island before being pushed back by Allied counter-offensive, a campaign which resulted in the deaths of more than 7,000 Australians, 4,684 Americans, and more than 200,000 Japanese. An unknown number of Papuans were killed, many of whom served as scouts. In Solomon Islands, the British High Commission held a dawn service in Honiara, Solomon Scouts and Coast Watchers chairman Sir Bill Saunders says the legacy is so important.
2: Certainly, the Solomon Scouts and Coast Watchers played a, a vital role in the victory for the U.S. Marines who landed there in 1942. It, it, they wouldn't have won it, and they acknowledged that without the know-how and the, and the intelligence that the Solomon Scouts and loyalty.
3: And in Fiji, Prime Minister Sitiveni Rambuka paid his respects by laying a wreath at Fiji's National War Memorial site in Suva. <laughs> Fiji contributed a total of 1,255 volunteers to World War One. In World War II, the former British colony committed around 8,000 troops to the Pacific War, one of the highest rates of enlistments from a Commonwealth country. Fifty died in the Solomon Islands campaign. In Cook Island's former Member of Parliament, former soldier and the organiser of an ANZAC reunion event at the local RSA, Tamaiva Tuavera, affectionately known as Captain Tama, says this time is always emotional.
1: It's a feeling that only comes back during ANZAC. It it chokes you up. You know, I, I serve... I just think of my dead dead mate.
3: Captain Tama wants the next generation to remember the sacrifices made by soldiers who fought for freedom.
1: Remember the sacrifices that we as soldiers have given for everybody.
3: Sacrifices made by the generations who came before us so that we can experience freedom.
0: American Samoa's epidemiologist says there are now thirty probable cases of measles in the territory. Up one since this morning. Tests are being sent to Hawaii tonight to confirm if the cases are measles and should be back within 72 hours. So far there's still just the one confirmed case of measles in American Samoa. Epidemiologist Scott Anisi speaks with Caleb Fotheringham on the latest situation.
1: So American Samoa currently as of 3 p.m. Monday local time 30 probable cases that have been clinically diagnosed based on case definition, um, and still the one positive case uh, that we reported initially. At the moment, we are mobilizing our samples that were collected from these probable cases, and through our partnership through CDC, and uh, Hawaii State Department of Health Laboratory were able to send the specimens with a uh, quick turnaround. We're hoping to get the results of these specimens within the next 72 hours, depending on how the testing goes, and then we'll be able to provide a full breakdown on the tests that are being sent out tonight, uh, later on in the week.
5: How confident are you that these probable cases will come back as confirmed?
1: Well, we've also... uh, requested through the lab to run it through multi-panels some respiratory uh, illnesses as well just to kind of do it thoroughly especially if uh, on those that may be negative so um They have been clinically diagnosed however the medical team has advised that there are also other diseases that would fit the bill if you will for these uh, disease case profiles and so we have requested that uh, those that may be negative um, or or even those that are positive to run multi-panel testing on the specimens that were sent off so at this point we are hopeful that By the time the tests uh, come back, we'll have a better picture of what's really going on in the territory.
5: Right, but you're treating them as if they are measles cases, though?
1: Absolutely. The response effort has not uh, diminished in the least. We are treating this as if it was widespread measles uh, transmission in the community. The vaccination teams have been deployed. We start our mass vaccination campaign to the targeted population. We have been able to identify those in the community that are eligible for the, the vaccine but are unvaccinated at this moment. Uh, the mass vaccination campaign, as well as our awareness programs and health promotion teams, they're all out there in the community. Starting tomorrow, we're ramping up our, our testing. So we are in the communities right now with advice. Um, we're blasting the airways with our media campaigns, and we're actively trying to vaccinate those that are unvaccinated.
5: Is there community transmission in American Samoa?
1: Well, we can safely say because we haven't wrapped up the investigation on the index case, right now we're treating it as if it is widespread um, transmission. Due to the aggressive nature of the virus, we are also responding aggressively.
5: Has any countries said anything about closing borders or is it okay at the moment?
1: Right now there's travel alerts that have gone out to the neighboring countries as well as to our federal and international partners alerting them that there is a measles case that has been identified in the territory. As part of that travel advisory, we are requesting that those that are thinking of entering the territory or have already made plans to enter the territory be fully immunized before doing so. At the time, we are not aware of any travel restrictions imposed by neighboring countries, but that is at their discretion at this moment.
5: Last time we spoke, you said that you wanted to be able to test for measles inside of American Samoa. Is that still the case?
1: Yes, definitely. We've uh, been able to connect with uh, international partners, WHO, Pihoa, SPC, uh, as well as federal partners, CDC, in trying to increase the capabilities of local testing. As such, uh, the subject matter experts are exploring all the options and and some of the parameters. Uh, There are some issues with validations of tests, so there are lab protocols that we would need to adhere to, but the federal partners as well as international partners are in full support of increasing the local capacity to test.
5: Great. Thank you so much, Scott. Is there anything else that I need to know?
1: Uh, at the moment, we'll it, it, it's a waiting game. Uh, the specimens are being packed and uh, will be shipped out on the Hawaiian air flight tonight going to Hawaii State Laboratory. Um, the response will be guided based on the results that we get from there. Uh, but until then, we are still aggressively doing a mass vaccination campaign and we're still aggressive in our response.
0: Since this interview, American Samoa's Governor, Le Manu Maunga, has declared a public health emergency. The Department of Health and American Samoa Government now have the powers to contain and prevent the imminent risk of the further spread of measles and that the Emergency Operations Centre is activated to coordinate response efforts. All schools, including the community college, are closed, in line with daycare and childcare facilities that were closed last week. The closure is for three weeks. A Human Rights Watch researcher in Indonesia says they've been inundated daily with videos and photos of civilians caught up in a worsening conflict between the West Papua Liberation Army and Indonesian security forces. Andreas Hasono, who's based in Jakarta, says since 2015 there's been a steady escalation in violent conflict between the indigenous militia group, who see Indonesia as an illegal coloniser, and the Indonesian security forces who class the group as a terrorist organisation, preying on Javanese settlers in West Papua. The decades-long conflict was again thrown into the Western media spotlight when the rebels took New Zealand pilot Philip Mertens hostage, torching his Indonesian-owned Susi Airplane. Over the past fortnight, dozens of casualties have been reported on both sides as Indonesian security forces try to locate and rescue militants. Cory Hawkins spoke with Andreas Hassono and began by asking why he had been able to corroborate on the deadly clashes reported over the past few weeks.
2: Uh, one is that the Indonesian security forces, especially the Indonesian military, is trying to encircle the area in Duga Regency where. The West Papuan militants allegedly are holding the New Zealand pilot, Captain Philip Mertens. In fact, there were some, at least three incidents, a fatal incident. The first, Indonesian security uh, reportedly attacked and killed two West Papuan militants. And then the militants retaliated in another area, in Puncak Jaya, killing also some Indonesian soldiers. But the biggest one happened in Duga, in which the militant attacked a group of 36 Indonesian soldiers. It happened on Saturday, about 4 p.m. local time. Uh, of those 36, nine were claimed to be fatally shot by the militant. Nine others were abducted. And then the the remaining, running away, uh, went into the jungle and did not immediately report back to their uh, command. There are already announcements from Kostrad, Kostrad is the Army Strategic Reserve Command, that six soldiers were killed, probably among the, the nine. And then the others were very probably, although not announced, uh, members of the special forces, uh, Kopasos. So the situation is is escalating. The tension, the violence are escalating. And obviously, civilian uh, villagers, uh, many of them are running, running away from their homes, their villages, Duka is very tense
4: now. Now, I I just wanted to clear two things up before we move on. Um, Saturday, you mentioned, is the 15th of April in terms of the date of the larger attack. That's correct? Yes. And you mentioned um, allegedly holding Mertens in the earlier statement. Were you referring to allegedly allegedly in that area where they were encircling? Or did you mean like the allegations of holding Mertens hostage were also unclear? The thing is, the area is very, very fast,
2: and many of them are uh, old forests. So the effort to encircle the area is also not that easy.
4: Right, thank you. And now, um, there was one thing that we heard, which was that the Indonesian military chief had upgraded the operational status in, I understand Dogama, but maybe Papua as well. If you could clarify what ground combat ready sort of signifies in terms of the change in their their operation in Papua?
2: I, I am not sure what are the status of the military operation right now. What I knew is that there is an effort to release the New Zealand pilot. That is number one. Number two, it is also clear that there are 900 more personnel are being sent from the Rawijaya military command in East Java to go to Papua after the latest attack on April 15.
4: Now, there have been some reports of civilians caught in the crossfire. Um, have oh, you had any confirmation of that? Oh, yes, it is. I, I got that
2: kind of news report almost every day from Papua. I do not know how to verify one by one because there are just too many.
4: Coming back to the hostage situation with Philip Mertens, what what is your understanding of of how this is this is progressing and what what might be some likely outcomes
2: if if we take a look at the statement issued by the tpnpb spokesman sepi sambom uh, we can see that there was a change of of message from from him from sepi sambom the first one was like usual you know independence for west papua new zealand should bring this up at the un General Assembly or the UN in New York, that kind of thing, independence, independence, independence. But lately, over the last two, three weeks, the statement is changing. The message is, let's negotiate. We are ready to to release the pilot if we negotiate. So that is quite significant. Of course, TPNTB is not a uniform organization. There are many factions, there are many parties within the National Liberation Army, and I guess. the the more rational, the more moderate faction is gaining more grounds uh, by saying that we are ready to negotiate. Of course, I think it is the best to negotiate. And there are already third parties, mostly the churches that offer to help. uh, Some of the exiled political leaders of West Papua are also saying that we should release them. Uh, We should negotiate to release the, the pilot. I think this is a very, very possible solution rather than using forces. Because if both sides are using forces, the civilian will be the victims. And not to say, you know, soldiers, Energy soldiers, uh, West Papua militant, they are also being killed. It is better to negotiate. Both sides should negotiate to release the pilot.
4: Andreas, thank you so much as always for helping to bring clarity to a very complicated conflict situation in Papua. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Koroy. Take
0: care. That's Pacific Ways for today. To listen back, head over to rnzi.com slash programs, or you can download us on Spotify, iHeart, or Apple Podcasts. From myself and the amazing team here at RNZ Pacific, it's all fast way forward.